For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Today's show is brought to you by the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... The Moon! That's right. Planet Earth and the Moon. If you're going to buy tickets to a live event, make sure you buy them from our friends at SeatGeek. The greatest ticket-buying platform ever. They scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. The best ticket available for the best price available is available for you, the best human on Earth, from the best ticket-buying platform. doesn't matter if it's music, comedy, theater, a play... Maybe it's an act, like somebody coughing in the corner of a room. And you get, if they're selling tickets to a show, SeatGeek has the best tickets available for you. College football is happening. Bowl game season's right around the corner. It's holidays. A great gift would be tickets to an awesome game, an awesome event, an awesome concert. Because you're not just selling tickets, you're selling memories, you're selling stories. No, they're not selling tickets they're selling memories they're selling stories you're buying memories and stories from our friends at SeatGeek right now promo code pat you get ten dollars off your first order promo code mac if you get twenty dollars off your first order wow it's crazy all right good show coming buy some tickets they're the best hello it is friday november 15th good morning good afternoon good evening and good night depending on what time you choose to listen to this it's a feel-good Friday, and mostly because we just landed back in Indianapolis. It is 2 a.m. Had the incredible opportunity to call the overtime thriller in Pittsburgh with the Tar Heels last night. When we took off, the pilot came back and told us, should be a relatively smooth flight. Should be good, 50 minutes, no problem. We take off about 1 a.m. <laughs> Climbing, climbing, climbing. Lack of sound ensues. Plane goes from climbing the skies to flattening out, going back down in a slow fashion. It was the first time in my life my gut, my heart, and my brain all thought the same thing. We're fucked, bro. (laughs) Really felt like the plane was just going down for a slow... Crash landing. I thought about Solly. I thought about the goddamn river he landed a plane in out of nowhere. There's literally a sign of him right next to me right now where I'm (laughs) doing this in the airport. I thought about him in those five to ten seconds of flattening out and going back down. And I liked our pilots. I like them a lot. But in Pittsburgh, there's no flat area for said cuz to land at 1 a.m. I thought we're going down. I looked around the plane. We were all on the same page. Then after like five seconds, which felt like an eternity, by the way, the whole life flashes before your eyes type thing kind of did happen. But for me, it involved Tom Hanks and Solly. We created something even for future plane crashes. A fail-proof 
move to save your life. You put one arm on the on the roof of the plane, you put one arm on the side of the plane, and then you put your dominant foot straight out so you can stop the ground from crashing into you. That's how deep we were into thinking we were going to die today. We thought of something for if that happens again, how we save our life. Now, granted, we've never tried this technique yet. And we're not 100% sure it'll work, but... It does not apply if you're sitting back towards the pilots either. Ty was facing the back of the plane. He said the way he was sitting, it felt like we were going straight back down towards Earth. He didn't have the opportunity to put his dominant foot out to catch the ground from hitting him in the face like me and Nick would have been able to do. True. And Zito and Block dead. Foxy was right up there with the pilots. He was He's fucking dead first, which is very sad. Foxy, we would have missed you for those couple moments there where we were alive still. I had the camera ready. We did get footage of us on the plane. We're giving away a trip to Disney World so you can potentially feel the way we felt inside. It'll be on the next vlog coming out on Tuesday. Completely worth it, I think. But we're alive. Happy to be here. Grateful for life, even more so, after that whole moment. Ty had to chuck down two airplane doers bottles. Calm his nerves. He was shaking. He looked like Mason Rudolph at the press conference thing after the game. What an insane ending to that Brian Steelers game. You're probably going to hear at some point during the show today, Diggs' rant about how the Steelers were going to dominate the Browns and the Browns were the same old Browns. Actually, put that in right now. Uh, Tone Diggs. Tone, did you hear what Ty... Hey, Billy in the back corner there, too. Uh, <laughs> Tone, did you hear what Ty just said about your Pittsburgh Steelers going to Cleveland and getting absolute... What'd you say? Said they're going to get their asses kicked. Oh, my Diggs. How do you feel? Yeah, and listen, I know how people are saying works because I'm behind the scenes, so I'm not too happy with the box truck right now. Normally, I'd be worried about cursing the Pittsburgh Steelers with what I'm about to say, like Foxy does the Detroit Lions every single week. <laughs> Do it. But this is Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns, okay? And also, I heard people saying earlier that this is a, a rivalry. Is that what I heard early? <laughs> earlier? <laughs> not a rivalry. Sure, we hate the Cleveland Browns, but this is not a rivalry. rivalry. The same reason, the same way that Freddie Kitchens versus a buffet is not a rivalry. What is the deal? Field versus a you must be this tall to ride this ride oh. is a rivalry. Oh. Last, last 50 years, the Browns have had 17 head coaches. The Steelers have had three. In the last 13 years, they've had eight head coaches. They haven't won a playoff game since 1995. The last time they beat the Steelers was 2014. I assumed it was like week 17 the Steelers weren't trying. Also, I assume in 2014 was when Baker was at his sixth college getting tracked down by Paul Blart Malkoff. Okay? Oh! Oh! TJ oh! <laughs> Watt and Cam Hayward and Bud Dupree aren't going to be able to track down Baker Mayfield. You're out of your mind. If you think that Magic Minka Fitzpatrick is not going to be ball hawking in the secondary when Baker throws some Mickey Mouse force ball to Eldell, fine. If you think the 28th-ranked defense in the league is going to stop a fully refreshed back in the lineup, Jimmy Connor, you're out of your mind. If you think River Rock Freddy Let's go. is going to be able to come up with a game plan in three days, you're out of your mind. Versus a head coach <laughs> who has never had a losing season. Versus a head coach who's willing to put his body on the line, go on the field, and tackle kick returners. <laughs> <laughs> 
going to be same old little brother, Joe Dirt. Leave him at the Grand Canyon. That's why Dad named you Dirt instead of Nutmaker. Same old brownies versus the Steelers. Trust me, tonight around, say, midnight, there's going to be a lot of Yenzers driving home in their IROCs. Cowboy killer in the left hand, icy light in the, in the right hand, <laughs> from Chauncey's, listening to Donnie Iris, celebrating a big W and on our way to the playoffs. <laughs> Let's go. That's what people are saying. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, Dick, that was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, Diggs. I feel like you truly believe all that, too, by the way. That Cowboy killer, is that a Paul Mall? No, nah, that's the uh, that's the old Marlboro Reds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were in a casino in Pittsburgh last night, Diggs. You would love this. A lot of ciggies. Every third human was smoking, and I, I said, "Well, it's 2019. Is it not time to put away the squares around here?" And the dealer goes, oh, "You're in a smoking section." <laughs> and I asked her, "I'm like, well, where's the non-smoking? It's a closet in the corner. It's a little tiny. It's a box truck that they have as the non-smoking section. Everything else, the cowboy killer is still alive and well, very much in the degenerate community here in Pittsburgh." Yeah, I mean, when you go back to Pittsburgh, I mean, we're not exactly up to times with everything. There's a lot of people still rocking uh, 80s hair bands, uh, DVE sweatshirts and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just what we got to do. Well, that's, that's just part of the city. And that's why you think tonight you get the hammer out and you swing it as hard as you possibly can on... Pittsburgh Steelers, because it's the same old brownies. <laughs> Diggs, uh, incredible monologue there. Uh, also, FanDuel right now has a plus 1,000 bet uh, that the defense is going to win or going to score a touchdown. How do you feel about that bet? That seems like a lock. I think T.J. Watt to score a touchdown is almost a guarantee. A lot of people talk about Minka, but if I were to give a team defensive MVP, it's probably T.J. Watt, If I if just personally. How about the Watt brothers, by the way? Same birth canal, same production on the football field. Incredible, those two. <sighs> just a... Imagine what that dad eats for breakfast. Probably nails. <laughs> One of the most beautiful rants I've ever heard in my entire life. Proud of our friend Diggs. He went to Duquesne, which is almost an Ivy League. They just didn't have enough patches of grass on the campus to be called an Ivy League. That was a beautiful rant. I'm proud of him. But boy, Steelers lose. And then their quarterback almost gets murdered at the end of the game. Miles Garrett. Docile man. Has like rocks and stuff at the house, writes poetry, listens to soft music. One of the most docile men I've ever seen, probably in the NFL. Watch hard knocks with him. I said, Oh my God, this guy's a super calm guy. He's playing a pretty violent position. Boom, something snapped. He hit he hit Mason Rudolph late, I guess. I just watched it back on the plane. Mason Rudolph kind of grabbed him by his helmet. Got a little, you know, hey, got a little chippy there with, with Miles Garrett. Last play of the game, down two scores, getting a little chippy. By the way, Mason Rudolph doing that is I didn't know that I didn't know anything about Mason Rudolph before this season. So I'm without the face mask, so I'm coming back a couple weeks later. Tough guy. Now I see him going after a guy that is a specimen of a man late in that game. But maybe he's the one. Well, not maybe. He definitely, obviously, was the guy that flipped the switch in Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett rips his helmet off of his head a couple times, by the way. He looked like one of them Pez dispensers for a little bit while that hit. <laughs> grabbing it out. Scary. That's a scary situation. Your neck just getting tossed around like that. 
That's what could have happened to us when I, I don't wear a seatbelt on a plane. Thought we we're gonna, thought our head was gonna hit off the sky. The sky. You heard me. The sky. Then he gets the helmet off of his head, rips it off. By the way, Mason Rudolph's helmet is fit very nicely. Good, good buttons on the side, too. He couldn't get it off. Finally gets it off. And Mason, Mason is not done. I'm going to get up and go get me some now. Now the guy has a helmet on, just ripped mine off, almost broke my neck. I'm going to go make sure he knows that I'm not happy about it. And wham, the unthinkable happens. Oh, my God. Nobody has actually done. People have thought about it. It's like when somebody swings a stick at somebody in hockey. People think about it. It is a potential happening. But I don't think I've ever seen. I've seen somebody rip somebody else's helmet off and throw it into the stands at practice. I've seen that happen before. I've seen somebody grab somebody's helmet, twist it, and get in a fight. I've seen that before. I honestly don't. And and it's late. And I've been on vitamins. It's been a long day. I can't recall seeing somebody in practice or in a game taking their helmet off well, taking somebody else's helmet off and swinging it at the person and connecting. not Like missing potentially could happen, you know, like a wild swing, like, uh, but actually connecting with probably the hardest part of the helmet, by the way, the bottom, which has all the, all the end, bang right off the head. Mason Rudolph takes another shot to the head. That's not great. <laughs> Then, obviously, Pouncey comes in throwing rights, which, by the way, I would, like, I would like Mr. Pouncey to be a teammate of mine at some point. He was ready to throw. I would assume anybody that was on that team was probably ready to throw, but Pouncey went sprinting over there to defend his quarterback. you got to respect and appreciate that. I'd be intrigued to know, though, if Mason was like one of my boys and I saw that happen. How would I react in that situation? There's been fights that have gone over to where I was standing, and on film, you see me actually put my helmet on and walk into the group. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm not going to be the guy that's not in it. Let me do this. I've had to save face and chew like I'm, I'm actually face-to-face with somebody. And there was moments I thought I was going to get killed. There were some moments where I thought I could get somebody, too. Like, yeah, I am not the softest one in this fight right now. I, I could see somebody I could get. In that situation, I would like to know what I do. And then the corner, by the way. It was a corner of safety. Somebody cleans up Mason Rudolph afterwards. So Mason Rudolph takes a helmet to the head, and then he's standing there, and then somebody cleans him up at the end, and bang, another shot from behind. I mean, it was a fucking shit show to end that game over there. The NFL is going to hate this. Everybody hates this. You know, it gets talked about a lot, about protecting the shield and the integrity of the game. But for real, like refs can fuck up calls and does it ruin the integrity of the game? No, it makes the game worse, but not the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game is taking a product, a thing that is sacred to our game, which is the helmet. A helmet is a very sacred thing in football. If you drop it, some coaches get pissed off at you. To utilize that as a weapon and to hit somebody else, I mean, that's just something you can't do. That's just something, hey, you can't do that. That's just something you can't do. The NFL is not going to be happy about this. He's going to get suspended a long time for this. Mike Florio wants him to be charged with assault. That's assault, brother. <laughs> There's people defending him. Mason Rudolph started. It's like, yeah, but come on. He took his fucking helmet 
and hit him in the fucking head with it. And we've all seen what happened to Mason Rudolph already this year. So we have a little bit of sympathy and compassion for this guy because we saw a cart break and him have to walk off looking like a 1930s quarterback. <laughs> so we have a little sympathy. But boy, Miles Garrett, he, he, that's probably like a year-long suspension, I'd assume. What did happen? Gilmore say he took a skate off and tried to hit somebody with it? Yep. Miles Garrett's going to tell that. It's going to be a real story. <laughs> I'm the only player in the history of the NFL to take somebody else's helmet off and hit him with it. Trying to kill the guy's skull in with it. <laughs> he did. Like, he was really trying to hit him. He when snapped. He snapped, obviously, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think that somebody that calm, that, like, cerebral is what it feels like. When something goes, it goes. And, I mean, there's plenty of dateline about that. Can't trust anybody. Speaking of a guy that was sitting next to me that was like, eh, kind of wish the plane would have went down. Old Frankie, old Frankie Moralda taught us a lot on that plane. Ty had to tell me at one point, oh, I, Nick, I have something to live for. I, I actually kind of want this plane to land safely. Well, let's clear the record here. I didn't wish the plane went down. <laughs> I just... You done? You got it all out? You done? I just accepted that if it goes down, it's going down. It's all you can do, you know? I can understand that. And I think I felt the same way you did. Well, you were a bit more vocal about it, you know? Talking about John Denver and yeah. all these musicians who died in plane crashes. Yeah, he was like, hey, you got any uh, fucking uh, Aaliyah? <laughs> yeah. Rock like, the boat. Baby girl. That's all I got. Was it Aaliyah? No, it wasn't Aaliyah. It was Aaliyah. Yeah, it was Aaliyah. Aaliyah went down to play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, Big Bobber, yeah. Richie Valens. Jesus. Roberto Clemente. Jesus. Oh, Hey, we need to relax with all these things. I didn't know it was this common Flesh. because today it really felt like it was going to. And, um, hey, we, we don't like to see what happened there to Mason Rudolph. Mm. I like, by the way, whenever games do get a little chirpy and chippy because it means that, like, think about how much these people care. Right, because normally the thought is, oh, they don't give a care. A lot of people just looking for their checks or whatever. And sometimes there's personal, selfish beefs that happen where people hurt their team immensely. But it felt like from watching that game back, the Brown Steelers game, those two teams were getting after each other. It really felt like that was happening. And uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, man. Is it a new rivalry, Frankie boy, you think? Is it going to be a big one? Is this going to be a big time run? Ben Roethlisberger's in there. Steelers probably win, I assume. Is that the case? Yeah. What, you said Mason Rudolph played bad and he got hit in the head? Is that what you just said, Nick? It was a tough night for old Mason. Well, yeah, he got hit in the head with a helmet. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. He sucked. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Guy just got an attempted murder on him. Jesus. He did. Deserved it, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. He threw four interceptions? Yeah. Holy shit. Four interceptions and you get hit in the head with your own helmet? That was a tough night. That's top five worst night in the history of football. This poor guy. It's been a tough season for the guy. Yeah. We all know Ducky Hodges is sitting back there. Probably being a great teammate. I would assume Ducky Hodges is ready to go fight. He comes flying in. You ever seen a duck back down? Hell no. Them and the gooses, they fucking will go to war. I heard a duck say it once. About time for you to leave, huh? Yeah, you guys leave. <laughs>
Uh, so that's how we feel about that. You know, since I've been traveling and on the road and not able to really focus on my diet on a, a regular fashion, kind of like I had hoped that I would and wished, I haven't been getting enough vegetables, which means I haven't been getting enough vitamins, which means I haven't been getting enough nutrients, which means my body isn't performing up to snuff. Isn't that right, Nick? It's tough. It's tough on the road. It takes a toll on your body. Treat your body like a temple. It'll take care of you. But we're not able to do that all the time. Your body's a wonderland. And your body is also one that you should take care of. And to do so, you got to know what's going in is going to help. And sometimes you can't prepare all the time. Bam! Insert athletic greens. A scoop that you put into about 10 ounces of water, 12 ounces of water, that provides all the vitamins and nutrients that you could possibly need for the day from your vitamin intake. You're not going to be able to get broccolis driving down the road. Sometimes you can't get it into your schedule. So Athletic Greens has made it very simple. One scoop, it tastes good, gives you everything you could possibly need for the day. Right now, you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat, and you can claim a special offer of 20 free travel packs valued at $79 with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash pat. Start your day right, and good things will follow. I do enjoy this Athletic Greens. It is, and by the way, you can travel with it pretty easy with the travel packs, by the way. You just slip a couple in your bag, Wake up in the morning, dump it in the thing, chug the thing. Oh, look at me taking care of me because of my friends at Athletic Greens. Mm. 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 I'm such an adult. Mm. Greens. Athletic Greens. Joining us now is a man that is a two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion. Two-time. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Living legend, hilarious individual, and I can't wait to chat with him. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him on Twitter at Ike underscore Swaggin' You. Very easy to market. That's a smart handle. Ike Taylor. P-Mac. P-Mac. What's up, man? P-Mac. What's up, baby? You caught me in between the workout, but once they say P-Mac, wanted your boy to come through. Your boy had to come through for the P-Mac show. Hey, I respect and appreciate that. Speaking of, you working out. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. How do you think Colin's going to look on Saturday? He said he's been staying ready. So you just said the best. You ain't got to get ready if you've been staying ready. So the past three years, he said he's been staying ready. So he's going to get his opportunity on Saturday to prove and show people he still got it, or at least a little bit in the tank. How come it feels like the narrative for this workout has been very negative? And, yes, it could potentially be the NFL just trying to get rid of this situation completely in just a PR situation. It could be. But also, right. this could be a situation for Colin Kaepernick to tell everybody to shut up. Everybody said, well, he wasn't good enough. He doesn't want to be in the NFL. He's getting little to no notice. And if he shows up and balls out, I think this is good for Colin Kaepernick. We are like, when he was playing in the league, he wasn't balling out. We are like it was just two plays from the Super Bowl other than that loss taking that W. We act like he wasn't some kind of Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. We act like he just wasn't that guy before he left. So when he left, he still was in his prime. Like, he's better than a lot of starters right now. He's way better than a lot of backups. But we just keep acting like because of the situation, like Colin Kaepernick wasn't good when he was playing ball, Mac. 
I agree. And I think a lot of people point to his last couple games and his stats and things like that. But anybody can have a little bit of a drought. I mean, that happens to literally everybody. I'll be excited to see what he has learned. Because I think since I've been away from the game a little bit, not in, I think I've learned even more about my position that I played from punting and kicking. I think I have a whole new respect for it. I think Colin Kaepernick's break here for three years could have actually made him better. You rest the body, especially as a guy that took some hits and ran. I'm excited to see with little to no notice how he performs and i think those videos will all be released obviously at some point oh 100 i mean you said it best when we started this show if you're already in shape you ain't got to get ready and you know he's been saying he's been ready he's been staying in shape for the past he just wanted another opportunity so he's gonna get his opportunity come sad to prove yourself what he can or can't do hey we're gonna learn too man. I, I, i've seen a couple of those workouts mid-season that they give people that is a cardio fest they're trying to make people puke to find out if they got it or not they're trying to break your P-Mac. You already know what time it is. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. All right. So one time down, they're like, back up. I'm like, I'm going to need some time. I'm going to need a little hey, bit of Mac, time. Mac, you was the field goal kicker, the punter, Mac. You ain't they ain't really had to run unless somebody <laughs> broke off for a touchdown. But other than that, babe, uh, all you had to do was have them legs stretched and ready to go. Hey, um, um. Uh, I mean, I got shook in the middle of Heinz Field by Antonio Brown. It was a rough day. I probably should have been in better shape. I compared this situation earlier with Colin Kaepernick to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, everywhere he went, was a massive distraction. And it, it's either his fault or not. I, I, don't, I think it was built in college. Everything he did was documented. It became this buzz. Tebow mania was a real thing. And I know this is a touchy subject for you, but I, did you think that is a... No, it's not. Don't say that. No, it's not. Hey, I was just a young man, Pete Mack. Hey, I was told. I was told by the people in the box truck when I mentioned Tebow right. earlier. Why would you say that with Ike Taylor coming on? I just want to let you know. This is what they said. I said Ike Taylor's mentally tougher than that. I don't uh, need to. I'm not worried about Ike Taylor. Man, last time I checked, it was Demarius Thomas who got me. Last time I checked, I played longer than both of them guys. <laughs> last time I checked, I do have two Super Bowls. Last time I checked, I wasn't no hype train. I was a real, I was a real deal. Let's so go! we just gonna last. We just gonna last time check this Tebow situation. Was he a good quarterback? Yeah. Did I have a better career? Yeah. Did I win two Super Bowls? Yeah. Is I still a man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Ike think Colin Kaepernick would fit on a couple teams? Uh, 100%. It's a few teams. We're going to start with Chicago. We can start with Chicago. Like everybody been saying, Cal might go to Chicago because they feel like this might be his last go around with the Carolina Panthers. But we, we can go to Chicago. Sure, we can go to Cincinnati <laughs> if you want to. And if you mess around, we might got to take our butt to Cleveland since, since we want to talk. Now. So it's a few teams that Colin Kaepernick can go to, not if he doesn't start, but at least play. By the way, if Colin Kaepernick comes out and says he does not want to go to the Bengals, I think everybody would be like, this doesn't mean he doesn't want to be in the NFL. Yeah. It, it, very much, he just doesn't want to be in the NFL. It makes sense, by the way. It makes sense he doesn't right. want to go there. Do you think, and I, we were the first people, I think, and this is, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we were the first people to start speculating Cam Newton is Chicago. It was like immediately after Callen Allen had success, it was like, well, it's going to be hard for the team to go back to Cam now because Cam was the leader of that team. It's not Christian McCaffrey's team. Uh, Kyle Allen's just an orchestrator, game manager or whatever. So Cam Newton was obviously on the trading block. We thought they said no, but Chicago always made sense because he has to like reprove himself to the locker room, reprove himself to a new coaching staff, a new fan base. And for a guy that has the swagger and charisma of Cam Newton, that feels like something that could be very good for him going forward because it seemed like he lost his happiness in, in Carolina. Does that sound right? Well, you know, sometimes change is good. 
You know, sometimes a change of scenery is real good for a person. So for Cam, Cam just going to have to understand his body is breaking down and he's going to have to be more of a student than try to be Superman. Because Superman, you know, got a little bit of kryptonite in him right now. So <laughs> Cam, at the same time, he got to know and understand that, you know, for the past four or five years, man, his body just been breaking down over the hits he's been taking. Um, if he can just get his IQ level up of, of knowing where to throw the ball, what kind of coverages the defense is running, Cam will be able to sit in the pocket and take them hits. It's the difference between sitting in the pocket and taking them hits and actually running and taking them hits. You know what I'm saying? So for Cam, I think he got the arm, he got the tools. It's just on Cam at this point in his career, he got to be more of a student in the game and just sitting in the pocket. Run when he have to, slide when he need to. Just look at Russell Wilson. By the way, these are all things he can be doing right now, by the way. These are all things that he could potentially be doing right now to prepare himself for wherever he goes next year, learning in this coverage to do this. He's going to have to be much more of a pocket passer, you're thinking? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, that's what they said about about Russ. You know, Russ, Russ was a scrambler, but, you know, Russ picked it up quick. Like, man, I can't keep scrambling. I'm not going to last long in the league, so I can start sliding if I want to. But Russ has become more of a student in the past, so he wants to pass – before he runs, it's just so happy he's able to run. So that's what Cam got to identify and understand. Like, I got to – not really necessary a pocket-pocket traditional quarterback, but I got to stop taking these hits because my body is breaking down. Somebody got that kryptonite out there. You think Lamar Jackson has any hope of lasting long in this league? I mean, it's been awesome to watch here and the conversation is, well, he's going to take one or two big shots and it's all going to change. Everybody says, no, he's done this since high school. He's done this in college. He doesn't take big hits. I actually think he does have a good ability of not taking big hits, which some guys have, some guys don't. But I feel like at any given time, this thing could become a tough for Lamar Jackson. Am I accurate with that? Just sitting in the pocket as a quarterback, you know, at any given time, P Mac, you you could take a hit. You True. know, if you just look at the quarterbacks who sit in the pocket, the ones who do get injured, man, it's it's an offensive lineman getting pushed back, and they tell ACL they hurt ankle. Just look at Brissett. Yep. <laughs> just look at that situation. That's terrible. Yeah. And at the same time, with Lamar Jackson, I don't really see him taking hits. That's that's what I gotta like about Lamar. Lamar really don't take no hits. P Mac, he understands and he knows like if I keep taking these hits, I'm not gonna last long. Now, they might not like or say it's just one injury away or one hit away because he's flash at what he does. He's smooth at what he does. But at the same time, P-Mac, I don't really see Lamar Jack- Jackson taking any hits. He knows how to protect his body. I agree. And I, I talked about T.Y. Hilton had this ability. Marvin Harrison had this ability that I just got to see. They have this. Uh, they feel when something big's coming and they get down. And at the beginning when you start to do it, everybody's like, oh, they're soft. They could get a couple more yards. But then whenever their durability is up, it's like, oh, this is actually a very intelligent football play. Hey, the best ability is availability, right? Hey. We all know this, Pete Mac. So Hey, you can't join the club in the tub, bro. Get out of the training room. <laughs> 100. <laughs> All right, I gotta um I gotta talk to you tonight about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is a big game for both teams. Mason Rudolph, don't let him get hot. But that defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers reminds me of the defense back in the day with you guys. And it's been fun. Now, granted, your guys' defense accomplished a lot more. A lot more. But early it seems to have the signs of a defense that can dominate games. How do you feel about the Steelers against the Browns tonight? Man, that defense look looks familiar, right? Yeah. Of the OA defense, right? Yep. At the same time. Just just picture this. Not even draftees, just on that defensive side. Ten first rounders. On yours? Ten first round ten first rounders. If you got a stat guy, 
not even the draftees. Just include the draftees and the draft picks the Pittsburgh Steelers got on that defense right now. Ten first-rounders. That's insane. That is insane to think about. I did not know that. We need a better stat yeah. guy. See, somebody called me the Black Picasso. I got to paint that picture for you. <laughs> stat check time. <laughs> they are winning games, though. They are winning games yeah. for that team. And, and Baker's yeah, going to so struggle, they, I think. They they bought in. And, you know, a lot of them guys, they, they in their prime. You know, and Coach T, if you can give the Coach of the Year award right now, it would have to be Coach T because Coach T literally – has been doing more with less. It's it's a lot of teams that's not doing good with their starting. They got ten first rounders. So, like what are you doing more with less? They got ten first. Oh, on the defense, you're talking about the offense. That's on me. That's on me. Mason Rudolph starting quarterback. I get it. Yep, that's our. I should see, backpedal. And, and and look, <laughs> Mason was down a couple of games himself. Hey, duck. So really, you go you you go into the L.A. Chargers situation on your third string quarterback and come out with a W. Yep. So Coach T. And A.B. gone, Le'Veon gone, Big Ben gone. Like, you got three guys who are top five in their position. <laughs> All of them gone. So if somebody wanted to guess their record, it would probably be one and four, something like that, one and five or something, two and six. But Coach, he got them boys playing hot right now. Right now, them boys five and four, but it starts with that defense. And that trade they got for Magic Minka, I call him Magic Minka. Oh. That trade they got for Magic Minka, man, he's really – that's Coach Tomlin's – personality because coach Tyler don't forget when he was with the Bucks Rondé Barber was his personality so he he finally got a baby if you can mix and I said and I said this I said this right here me and my homeboy was talking me and my dog was talking right I said Minka is if if Troy and Ryan Clark were brothers or something related Minka's right in the middle Got it. He's right in he's right in the middle. That's just what Coach T wants in a secondary guy. That's if he can draw a secondary guy up and draft a secondary guy like that every year, that's his personality. That's his guy right there. Well, I appreciate you so much for painting that picture for us. I just thought of Ryan Clark and Troy Palomalu fornicating and making babies. That's why you're the black Picasso. <laughs> that's why you're the two time Super Bowl champion. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you. Ike right, Taylor. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Pete, man. Yep. Have a good one, dude. What are you two, baby? Yep. Ashford University is a higher education that is happening at your own pace. Ashford University is a WSCUC accredited institution that offers innovative online degree programs that can help you achieve your higher education goals. Did you hear that, Ty? Wow. WSCUC accredited institution. It's the only thing that matters. Their flexible scheduling provides learners with the opportunity to achieve higher education goals while still balancing work, home, and family life. Higher learning is more accessible than ever. Gain skills you can use in your job now and knowledge that prepares you for the job market of tomorrow. Awesome. Take care of you today. Further your education with our friends at Ashford University. The ability to schedule around your already incredibly busy schedule is what separates Ashford University from every other WSCUC accredited institution. Is that right, Zeke? Amen to that. You know that master's degree uh, could help you get ahead in your career? Or are you looking to start your career you've been looking for your entire life? What's holding you back? Work? Commuting? Or just life in general? 
Now's the time to change that. Get a master's degree easier than ever thanks to Ashford University. It's convenient and flexible. One course at a time. No standardized tests required. Accreditation. Ashford University is fully accredited by the WASC Senior College and University Commission. This is real shit happening at your rate in an efficient fashion. Zito, why don't you get a master's? I'm going to think about it. You've been thinking about it? Oh, yeah. I think you should think about becoming a master. Master Zito. Master Zito in the house, y'all. Not yet, because you've got to get your courses scheduled conveniently for your life at Ashford University. You can achieve your master's degree while balancing work and home life. Start earning your master's degree today. Enroll now by going to ashford.com. Nope. Ashford.edu slash Pat. That's Ashford.edu slash P-A-T to start your master's degree today. A-S-H-F-O-R-D dot E-D-U slash P-A-T. Start your road to your master's degree at Ashford University. Brandon Flowers Corner for Chiefs and Chargers will be joining us here. I checked out his Twitter. It says his home is London Town. If he's over in England, I'm excited to chat with him about that. Also, going to talk to him about the 17-game season that is going to happen in the NFL next season, I believe. I've been on this train for a long time. Some would argue the first person on the train. Choot, choot, toot, toot my own horn. I said, the NFL wants 18 games. The NFLPA says, no, no, we can't do any more games because of how banged up we are. I said, well, why don't we do good business? Why don't we extend the hand? Reaching out. Touching me, touching you, sweet Caroline. So I figured a good business, if one wants 18, one wants 16, we've all seen Pawn Stars, let's agree at 17. That was just common sense. I was the first person, I think, to say it publicly, but now everybody's on side. I assume the big brains that are in negotiations have already thought about this. A 17-game NFL season is becoming more and more likely is what's coming out of these CBA negotiations, and it's soon to be wrapped up is what we've been told. Last year, when the, or last time when the CBA went into negotiation, there was a lockout, which is much different than a strike. We wanted to go to work. The owner said, nah, nah, don't come. We got some things we would like to negotiate with you boys. Those things included revenue sharing, drug testing, the length of schedule, off-season workouts, you name it. The things that have allegedly ruined football in a lot of the old heads' eyes. Not as much practice time. Not no, can't do three-a-days anymore. You have to have a nutritionist. All the stuff that a lot of people have said make the NFL a softer uh, league was all a part of that last CBA negotiation. It ran almost up to training camp. We had no spring. We had no off-season workouts. We weren't allowed to go to work. They locked the door out. I was right in the middle of my time in the substance of abuse policy where I was getting drug tested eight times a month for an alleged incident that happened on October 20th, 2010. I was getting tested eight times a month, couldn't even have alcohol, couldn't even look at alcohol. If there was a picture of me with alcohol, I was fined on the spot immediately. Eight times a month I was tested. I had to report to them like I had a PO every time I left Indianapolis, Indiana, where I was going, where I was staying, and two phone numbers they could reach me at. 
I went and hunted for Bigfoot down in Georgia with a deaf guy. <laughs> <laughs> they drug tested me at 4.30 in the morning in the middle of the hills of Georgia at a, like a Motel 8 bathroom. I was drug tested everywhere. Then when the lockout came, guess what we don't have anymore? We don't have a substance of abuse policy anymore. We don't have drug tests eight times a month. We don't have any of that. You're free, they said to me. I said, well, damn. I'm going to go on a bender here. It can't be that long of a lockout. Turns out it was. It was a very long one. I played for the Columbus crew like the first week or so of that lockout. Realized that I was in nowhere near in the shape I should have been to be on a soccer field. Could barely get out of bed. Got a call from a third-party person that said, Hey, Pat, this lockout isn't going to last forever. If you get hurt playing soccer, you're going to regret that for the rest of your life. You're right. So I stopped, and I decided the move was, I'm going to go on a bender now. Now is the time for me to get everything in me that I need because as soon as the season starts back up, I have another year and a half of eight tests a month. I, it's like whenever you're eating or fat, like going into a fast and you just try to eat so much that your body doesn't want any more food. That your body's just at a point where it's like, I'm going to do as much as I can so I don't want it for the next year and a half. That's what I said I was going to do during this lockout. So I went after it. Ten days became twenty. 20 became 50. 50 became 100 in some days. I almost died out there, but I made a promise to myself that I was going to go till I can't no more. And if you ask any vet who had actual money in the bank account, not the younger people who were going broke because of the lockout, not the people who had, uh, didn't buy the Cobra insurance like we were told to do for two years, those people hated the lockout, needed the checks, needed to get back. Even though they told us to prepare for a lockout for years, save your money, all that stuff. There's people that didn't, and they hated the lockout. You ask anybody who, like, saved money a little bit and had, uh, had no debt and things like that, that lockout was awesome. I, I was looking for that lockout every offseason. <laughs> Are we going to have a lockout every single offseason? This is beautiful. Obviously, for business, you don't want to get to that point. And for this CBA, I think both sides realized the lockout wasn't good for business on either side. So now they've been negotiating. Demore Smith and Roger Goodell, two people that have very little in common, have come to find a common ground to make sure that the NFL remains the greatest league of all time. They said that deal is near done, which would be early, by the way. And when you're negotiating billions and billions of dollars to get a deal done early is something that should be commended for both sides. Now, who won the negotiation? Let's assume that the NFL won. The NFL has 32 billionaires. They have all the best lawyers on earth. They're making all of the monies from everywhere. Let's assume that they out-negotiated the NFLPA's lawyers who are talented, but they're not being paid by 32 billionaires. They're being paid by like a thousand or so rich guys who aren't really paying that much. They're just getting money taken. It's an interesting thing. It's like every, when you walk into Pawn Stars, you know Rick's going to get you. You know you're going to lose. That's kind of what happens with the NFLPA negotiating with the NFL. But it seems as if both sides have realized that we need each other in this thing. Hey, we need each other in this thing. The 17-game season is one that they said is probably going to happen. This is good for football. This is more game for football. I would argue that you have to have another bye week. So now you have 19 weeks of football, regular season football, to make money off of, to televise, to sell out stadiums. People say, well, with a 17-game schedule, how are the schedulers going to set that up? I think there's one neutral site game for every single team. I think you should get creative with that. Whether it's a college stadium, why not a big-ass high school stadium? I think that would be an absolutely incredibly cool thing. Sell up Michigan, the big house, 100000 Get two big, Get the Patriots up there, Tom Brady from Michigan. Have them play against somebody else that has maybe, uh, who's 
Michigan State's biggest football player? Kirk Cousins. Okay, so have the Patriots and Vikings at the big house. I would assume you'd be able to get people there and travel there. That'd be an awesome thing. Have more overseas games. Maybe have a game down in Australia. Australia's starting to create real NFL talent. Almost a quarter at this point, almost maybe a third of the punters in the NFL have incredible accents and come from down under. And this football is like their third sport they've played. Want to have a game down there? I think they can get very creative. Add another bye week so that the boys can rest another week. And although it is a struggle to get through a 17-week schedule, 16 games in 17 weeks, I think if the money rises and they get another week rest and everything else like that, I think that's a good negotiation. I'm happy the NFL is on that side, and I'm excited to watch it all kind of play out. Will 17 become 18 in the next CBA? I don't know. There is conversation that they want to expand the playoff system. I don't want that. I think the playoffs are good how they are. Win your division, two wild cards, bang, you're in. That's how it should be. It's absolutely perfect right now. Unless you're expanding teams, there's no reason to add more teams to the playoffs. The only reason why you would add playoffs is because the amount of money that you make off TV and everything's primetime television. Now, granted, for a player side, you don't get your normal salary. You actually get everybody gets a set amount. A lot of people are taking big-time pay cuts to play in the playoffs, but when it gets to the playoffs, it's not about the paycheck. It's about the team making a run do something legendary. Amen. So if you're the NFL, you'd obviously want to expand the playoffs. You have to pay players less, and you get more money from primetime televisions. That's a smart thing, but I'm assuming that's going to have to happen in a negotiation. See how it goes. Joining me now is a man who played in the NFL a long time. He's a chief and a charger, cornerback, pro bowler, Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers. Hey, what's going on? How's Thanks it? for having me. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I read your Twitter account. It said you're in London. Are you in London, England right now? I'm not in London, England. I just like to throw people off guard. I'm just that random guy that just put random things on his Twitter. So I'm definitely not in London. <laughs> I enjoy that. I enjoy it. That is such a hilarious little troll. Everybody thinks this man's an international man of mystery just hanging out in you know? Delray Beach, Florida. Good for you. Okay, well, I appreciate you for joining us. The 17-game schedule is going to be one that's going to be talked about coming out of the CBA. It's going to be the biggest difference maker. There's going to be a lot of business decisions that were made that people will cover, but they won't really understand because it's numbers that are so large. The 17-game schedule is going to be one that people are going to talk about, though. How do you feel about it as a corner that played in the NFL a long time? Do you think both sides are winning here if the money's raised? And do you think players will be able to make it through a 17-game season on a regular basis? I definitely don't think players will be able to make it through 17 games on a regular basis. I mean, what is what would one game extra added to the schedule, what would that do? What would that prove? If you can't prove your worth in a playoff picture than 16 games, I don't think one extra game would be a big difference. So I don't see where that will help on a player stand uh, point. But, you know, everything's a business. The NFL wants to definitely another game on that TV contract to bring more millions, you know, to their pocket. So that's all that's about. Well, I think, by the way, more millions in the pocket of the owners, if negotiated properly, more millions, hopefully, and more money in pockets of players. You think 17, though, is too many games? Because it is a struggle at the end of the season to see what teams have left. Everybody says, are they the best team? No, but they're the most healthy team, so they have a chance to run. You think one more extra week could only add to that? Yeah, yeah, I think just one more week of just getting your body bruised and banged up, your hamstrings getting tightened, and I know you say that it'd be more players and play, more money in players' pockets. I don't think the G, GMs and owners will play player, uh, players more, man. I just think they'll say contract uh, salaries can go up, 
but I don't think players would get paid more. What, what would you do? Add a couple hundred thousand to, you know, their contract? I just don't think it'll happen. I just think it'll just be in the uh, owners and a general manager's pocket. That's so interesting to think about because if they just build to the salary cap because of an extra game, that money will just go to the quarterbacks, just like everything exactly. else. That would exactly. be so interesting. Quarterbacks get paid more money, maybe a left tackle. That's it. That would be so interesting. All right, let's pivot. Corners back in the day were the most sought-after position in football. I mean, it was Darrell Rivas. You saw him break the bank on numerous occasions. Now, Jalen Ramsey, big trade. Aqib Tlaib, big trade. Marcus Peters, big trade. Corners are becoming almost something where you don't hear about as many primetime corners anymore. Why is that whenever we're in a very big passing league? Is it more team defense, or is there still lockdown guys out there that should be paid a gross amount of money? It's lockdown guys out there, but offensive coordinators won't allow cornerbacks to be lockdown guys. I think because of the passing league now, coordinators got smarter and put these guys that play the offensive side of the ball in position to get pick routes and rub routes. So guys can't just hone in and lock in on their receivers. It's more of a scheme. So you need to pay your whole defense now. You can't be worrying about paying one-time prime-time corner because Deion Sanders, like you said, Darrell Revis, uh, locked down one side of the field. That's not going to happen anymore. You know, teams are going to bunch their guys up, try to rub each other off, and now it's just more you got to have a good scheme to win games. Well, when guys try to rub each other off, I mean, that's a real – that's when you run into real problems, you know, Brandon Flowers. You know, <laughs> That's when real magic starts happening. Uh, right now, in your eyes, there's a lot of great defenses in the NFL right now. It's surprising because it was such an offense-driven league for a long time that right now defenses have almost been stealing the show. Tonight, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense have been winning them games. They have 10 first-round picks. The New England Patriots defense, unbelievable. Niners defense, damn good. It feels like defense is almost becoming a much more prevalent part of the game. Defense wins championships, and you don't realize <laughs> until the playoffs come. I'm glad it's being shown in the regular season now because when the playoffs get going and that's when the money really counts, defense and running backs everybody likes to devalue running backs during the regular season but you got to have a good run game in the playoffs so that's when the team game comes to the forefront and i like that the defense is getting their uh respect due right now because when the playoffs come that's when you championships okay tonight minka fitzpatrick has a chance to set even more records for the amount of touchdowns he scored on the defensive side of the ball is minka the next big name for nfl defense is this going to sustain or is this just a hey, new city new strategy new scheme teams are going to figure it out or do you think minka is going to be a game changer a la troy palomaldu was here in pittsburgh for time to come i think the culture he went into in pittsburgh he embraces it you know miami every culture in the locker room is different I think Pittsburgh opened, uh, welcomed them with open arms. They're playing them in the right position. They're letting them roam. They're letting them play safety rather than just a nickelback that Miami had them playing in. And I just think he has them fun, making plays, roaming the film, roaming the film, field out there. I just think he's in the right position, and uh, Pittsburgh knows his access to the defense and just let him go out there and roam. He's making plays. He's definitely going to continue to make plays. He's going to be a cornerstone for that defense for years to come. You were a pro bowler. You tackled 487 humans as a corner. That's a lot of tackles. You played in the league a long time. You were a member of the Los An or San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers. Were you there when they were in L.A.? I left right before they went to L.A., so I didn't get a chance to enjoy that L.A. vibe. Okay. What, <laughs> 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 what do you think the Chargers' future is? 
Now, it came out that there's a chance they were going to be joining you in London on your Twitter. Then Spano's family came out and said, no, no, no. Tom Telesco spoke to the team. He was like, this is not true. But everybody knows that so far, thus far, the Los Angeles Chargers experiment has not worked. Even if the Chargers were successful last year, which they were, even if they go on a run, it seems like they got a very big uphill road in Los Angeles. Do you agree? I agree. You know, I just feel like Los Angeles isn't the Chargers' home. I feel like because they left San Diego, San Diego don't even want to welcome them back. I just think they're a team that needs to find a new location, whether it's like in a random city like San Antonio or Oklahoma City that just needs football and needs a fan base. It's not going to work for the Chargers. You know, I just feel like they don't have a home in the NFL now that has diehard fans. So they have, they just have to find another home base. How do you think the Raiders are going to do when they go to Vegas? I, I assumed on this show there was going to be a lot of, like the L.A. Chargers games are. A lot of away teams, a lot of away fans that make a trip out of it. I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to watch my team play the Raiders. I've been getting a lot of tweets from Las Vegas residents, so they're like, no, no, this is going to be our team. We've been waiting for an NFL. Do you see it happening like that? Oakland travels well. Oakland have a nice fan base, so I think Oakland will definitely show up in Las Vegas, but they will also have a lot of visiting fans because a lot of visiting teams like to catch two games a year to catch their favorite teams playing. Why not enjoy a weekend in Vegas and catch your team play? So, I mean, ticket sales are going to be throughout the roof, but I think Oakland is definitely going to show up. Oakland is one of those fan bases like uh, Dallas, Pittsburgh, that's definitely going to go wherever their team goes. Green Bay as well. Shout out to Green Bay. I mean, you guys get <laughs> a little bit of love back there. There's going to be a lot of empty seats, I think, first half of those Steelers or those away games uh, uh, in Las Vegas, though. Why, why do you think there's going to be a lot of empty seats first half? Well, Saturday night becomes Sunday morning, becomes Sunday afternoon in <laughs> Vegas. We all know that. <laughs> There's That's a- what Oakland is used to. Oakland pregame in the parking lot. They're used to that, man. They just hobble itself in the stadium, and that's just, you know, they catch <laughs> their second win once they get in the stadium. Yeah, that's, that's what they used to in Oakland. Oakland. Uh, what type of player were you? Did you talk a lot on the field, or were you quiet? I, it depends on who I played. You know, um, I talked a lot against uh, younger guys because those are the guys that feel like they need to challenge you and you, they have something to prove. But when you go against guys like Larry Fitzgerald, who's just a guy that doesn't say anything, you'll talk trash for maybe two minutes. And it feels like you're talking to a wall, so you start feeling crazy, feeling like I'm talking to myself out here. <laughs> so most veterans are like, hey, let's get through the game. I'm going to do my thing, you do your thing, and let's just get out of here. Is that, so is that an a- who you play. Is that an actual conversation, or is that just an unwritten thing that everybody's like, hey, we're, we're here to work. What are we talking for? It's an unwritten thing. You know, you have receivers like Steve Smith, you know, with corners like myself that like to get involved with the run game. He'll come up to you and say, Hey, this is going to be a long game when you try to get involved in a run game. When we go, I'm going to have to block you to the whistle or just let me push you out to play. And I'll let them know this is going to be a long game. We got to go at it. I like to tackle. <laughs> I like to go at it. So let's just go. So, you know, once you get on the field, most receivers will have their little rituals that they do to let you know what kind of game it'll be. That's a hilarious thought. Like, you know how they touch gloves beforehand? Like, first play, it's like, are you going to be doing this all game? Yeah, it's going to be a long day. All right, well, here, let me strap this <laughs> yes, thing sir. up then. All right, I wasn't planning on this. That's a beautiful thing. Hey, hey, do you ever get into any fights on the field? I got into a few fights. You know, I, I have a I have a knack of – I like being physical. So when I feel like a receiver trying to block me too long, I just take that personal because I'm a little guy. I'm 5'9". Maybe that's a little man since yeah. kick in. I just feel like they're trying to bully me on the field. So whenever I'm thinking they're trying to block me a little too hard, I'll take it past the whistle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's nothing your... but a flag to get thrown. <laughs> but you set the tone for the rest of the game. 
Definitely. You got to let them know you hit them safe. That's quite an alpha move. All right, before we get out of here, uh, who do you who are your favorites in the AFC and the NFC? In the AFC, I got to go Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore and New England. You can't call, count New England out, but Baltimore, man, their defense have a lot of veterans on that back end. And I think the game is going to be this is an AFC championship. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be Baltimore and New England. Hey, how and important is that? How important is the back end being a veteran? They're kind of setting everything up, right? That's that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Definitely, because even when you want to do combination coverages, which you will have to do against guys like New England and trick Tom Brady and show them things you never shown them before on film, guys who've been in multiple systems, they know how to pick up things. When you have a rookie out there, you might have to just tell them, just worry about your man, and that's it. When you have a veteran back end. Like, uh, you know, Tony Jefferson, you have Brandon Carr, and even Marcus Peters is a, a veteran right now. Those guys can talk and do combo coverages to confuse the quarterback and show them things that they never seen before. So Baltimore defense is going to get them uh, playing in a big game this year. And in the NFC, you have? NFC, I'm going to go with, I got to go with Seattle. Really? Those guys that always fly under the radar. Russell Wilson, the most unappreciated guy in the nfl but he finds a way to get it done uh year in year out man making that playoff run everybody else in the nfc i think can have that game where they can play good but they can have that game where they, they lay a turd right now you know san francisco's playing well but they haven't been to the playoffs with this you know with this group in a while so i just think seattle is the more accomplished team being there before so i think they'll get it done there's a super bowl champion a couple of them in the nfc they'll be like hey what about us uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you don't like the the Packers or the Saints? I don't like the Packers for some reason. I think the Packers are going to uh, – I think the Packers' defense won't hold up. I think Aaron Ooh. Rodgers will play well because he always play well. I think it's going to be the Patrick, uh, the Packers' defense who's going to let them down in the playoffs. And then Drew Brees is just some reason, you know, for these past couple of years, <laughs> there's one thing or another that haven't allowed him to play in a big game. I think that's going to continue. The Minneapolis Miracle – then the pass interference heard round the world. Uh, I can't thank you enough, Brandon. You are absolutely incredible. Pro bowler, member of the Chiefs and the Chargers, corner in Electric Factory. I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Flowers. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, Pat. Yeah, have a good one. If you're listening to the first time, welcome aboard. You're listening to a very cultured man who has seen Elton John live in person. Foxy, you can attest to that. Incredible show. One of, the, one of the best. It was like his piano was gliding. It was, actually. He was floating during the show. Yeah. We, very sad song whenever we came in, though, by the way. It was a very emotional arena when we walked in there just full of energy. Like, well, like you oh, said. John! Everybody's like, this ass needs to keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough moment. Excited to see Elton John. Also, excited. To, this is what you call a transition by a professional host. Excited to see how Colin Kaepernick does on Saturday. The entire conversation about Colin Kaepernick has been, he's not good enough, he's too big of a distraction, he doesn't care about football. Okay, so let's just go ahead and knock all three of those out in one clean swoop. He's not good enough. If he goes out and balls out on Saturday on short notice for a workout that he said he's been preparing for for three years, if he balls out, okay, so he is good enough. He's a distraction. Well, that's going to be no matter where he goes. Just like Tim Tebow was a distraction, just like Johnny Manziel was a distraction, just like all these, a distraction is something in the NFL that people try to avoid as much as possible. Be who you can afford to be is a statement that gets said all the time. Tim Tebow wasn't getting jobs because he was a backup quarterback level talent. And anytime he came, some our Tebow mania came. Was that Tebow's fault? No, not Tim Tebow's fault. 
Tim Tebow, well, I mean, kind of. I mean, I feel like Tim Tebow did not shy away from it. He didn't help himself at all. Yeah, he didn't shy away from it. But anything Tim Tebow did back in the day, and I guess currently anytime he does anything, there was a firestorm around him. Goes to the Jets, firestorm. Goes to the Patriots even. With Tom Brady, greatest player of all time, greatest coach of all time, there's still Tebow mania. So team said, listen, we don't want our backup quarterback bringing this much distraction to a team because it's already hard enough to win a football game in the NFL. We don't need all this other BS. We don't need our players answering questions about Tim Tebow whenever they should be focusing on defense and offense, and Tim Tebow isn't even going to play. That's what everybody said about Tim Tebow. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just how the NFL olds feel about it. It's hard to win a game. Why would you add more distractions to a locker room? Johnny Manziel, obviously. Obviously, same thing. Now, granted, I think Tebow was a better quarterback in the NFL than Johnny Menzel. I'd agree. That is a wild statement to make publicly, and I just did won that. Won a playoff game. Oh, yeah. Completed one pass, won a playoff game. Yeah. That was a big-time slant. By the way, perfectly tossed to Demarius Smith. Thomas. Thomas. Yep, you get it. Demarius Thomas. <laughs> touchdown. See you later. Stillers go home. How dare beat you guys by Tim Tebow. Talk about this with Ike Taylor coming on the show. I agree. I agree. We shouldn't have brought it up. It was just a talk about distractions. Colin Kaepernick took a stand for something that, to be honest, needed to be stood up for. A conversation had to happen. There was such a gap in our society and views between how things were going and how things weren't going for different people. Colin Kaepernick takes a knee. It becomes the topic of conversation for an entire couple years. He becomes the most influential man in sports because of this. He generates a conversation starter by taking a knee during the national anthem that got spun in two polar opposite PR directions and became him becoming the most polarizing figure in sports while also being one of the most influential humans walking. Generated a conversation to take care of uh, our struggling communities that we have in America. How African Americans are being treated in America. Generated a lot of money from the Players Coalition Fund that he saw none of, but he helped generate, helped create this. Made a positive difference in the world through doing something that a lot of people hated to see. That's a tough thing to do as a human. Now granted, stand for something even if you have to sacrifice everything happened to Colin Kaepernick. The NFL got him out of there. He got cut. Now, granted, his last couple games as a quarterback in the NFL were not great, which has always been the people, what people say that hate Colin Kaepernick. They're like, well, he wasn't even good at quarterback. He has to be better than this guy, Jeff Driscoll. He has to be better than this guy. Who's the guy playing folk? Who, he has to be better than that guy. That conversation has been said over and over and over again. And I would assume those people were accurate. He did have to be better than them, but he also brought a big-time distraction. And NFL teams that are looking and playing with bad quarterbacks don't need another distraction brought. So although he changed the world and he helped a lot of people out, the NFL said, we are done with this. Even though we're going to put money into a coalition, we're going to put money into communities, we're done with this. So now, three years later, after a lot of things have happened, lawsuits, libel, slander, you name it, things have been said, a workout happens. And all anybody is saying not anybody, but a lot of people are saying, no, this is just a PR stunt. This is just a PR stunt. 
I don't know why the NFL would do a PR stunt a week before Thanksgiving, three years after something, so I don't fully understand that. I think what this was was some teams wanted to sign Colin Kaepernick or work out Colin Kaepernick, so they called the NFL and said, hey, can we work out Colin Kaepernick, which is damning to the NFL, by the way, because I think in the, in the NFL, if a free agent wants to be signed, you can sign a free agent. So the thought that – now, this is not a factual statement. This is just my opinion, which is what I give my opinion. I think a couple teams have called the NFL saying, hey – are we allowed to work out Colin Kaepernick? We are in dire needs. You hear what these people are saying? He's better than this. He's better than this. We think he is, too. Can we work him out? And the NFL is like, oh, we'll get back to you. Put a pin in it. We'll circle back. Put a pin in it. We'll circle back. So now the NFL is like, well, we've got enough requests. Let's see if we can just put a workout together. It's going to be this Saturday. Well, can we move it to another, another Saturday? No, Colin, this is on our terms. Can we move it to Tuesday when all the other workouts? No, Colin, this is on our terms. The NFL had to institute its power over Colin Kaepernick because it's Colin, Colin Kaepernick who's trying to get into their business. Got to remember, I've said this before, it's their sandbox. Whether you like it or not, it's their sandbox. You have to play by their rules, just the way it goes. In everything, whenever you're working for a company, you have to play by their rules. That's why you choose not to sign contracts if you don't want to play by those people's rules. So now it's said, oh, it's this PR fodder. This is just a bunch of just a load of malarkey. A lot of people are saying, "Well, if I'm Colin Kaepernick and I really want to get back in the NFL, which has been something that people say he doesn't. He doesn't want to get back in the NFL. He just wants to be a hero. He wants to do this. He wants to do that." Well, now you got a short week. Who knows if you're in game shape, and he could potentially be on a roster by next week. He said he expects to see NFL coaches and GMs there. That's not going to happen. Saturday is a rough day to get coaches and GMs in a place in the middle of the season. Maybe a couple bye weeks. Maybe they'll be able to show up. But it's going to be filmed for every other team. There's going to be a lot of interested people. People that you don't think could potentially be interested, they're going to want to see it just to see what Colin Kaepernick... There was people that came and worked me out that weren't looking for me. They just wanted to see what I was whenever I go into the league. You work out players all the time. You, you could have the 10th pick in the draft, but you want to go see and talk to the number one overall pick that you know. And it's like, well, why are you doing this? Well, it's because I just want to learn more about him. So when when we play him, I know more about him. Mm -hmm. It's just something that the NFL does. Everybody's going to watch his Colin Kaepernick workout tape. Colin Kaepernick knows that, and I hope he shows up and shows out. I hope he gets on a team, and uh, I hope we can put all the conversation to rest about something that generated good for the world, caused quite a ratings situation, and if we can make this call come full circle and move forward, Colin Kaepernick ends the season on a team, maybe he does great, gets re-signed, maybe he does that, and he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, I think it would be good for both parties to get that done. I just hope Colin Kaepernick performs very well. Schefter's saying he doesn't know if the workout's going to happen. It's like, well, if the workout doesn't happen, Kaepernick needs to know that all the people that say, well, he doesn't want to be in the NFL, he just wants to be a distraction, like that is just going to get amped up uh, tenfold. The NFL might be doing this strictly just to say, hey, we want to end the conversation. We want to do it right here. This is how we're doing it. If he doesn't show up, that's on him. That's not on us. That's definitely what it is. So there's no reason that Colin Kaepernick wouldn't do this because it, it screws his entire argument that he's wanted to be in the NFL this whole time. Right. I have a question for you. Yeah, buddy. So distractions aside, what will this workout actually prove? Because I feel like people already – like he already has the physical skills. People know he can throw, he can run, but – when you're playing quarterback and you haven't played for like three years, isn't like reading defenses and reacting to that kind of stuff, isn't that way more important than seeing him like throw slants and stuff like that? Well, I think the big thing here is this is obviously happening for the timing of the Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson success story. Right, right. It's very interesting, right? Because people are like, well, I mean, our offense is kind of built to perform that way. We're seeing a lot of success with Baltimore. I don't think Colin Kaepernick at 30-some years old is anywhere near what Lamar Jackson is, but if he has near the same qualities, same traits, same athletic abilities, maybe we can do that offense to an extent. 
So I don't know how you get a good read on an RPO. That's what I mean. I don't know how you get a good read on something like that. But they're going to want to see him run, see if he's in shape. They're going to put him through a workout that is going to be grueling. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be one to see if he has any cardio, if he is in game shape at all. He said he's trained three years for it. They're going to prove it. I've seen teams put players through workouts. (laughs) They just want to see if they can make it or not. There's a lot of like, oh, okay, let's see if you can play. And it's just, all right, we'll put you through a drill that's just sprint, 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 rest. Okay, get a breath. You see guys just like inhale. Like hands on the hips thing, and they're like, all right, we're back up, let's go. And it's strictly to see if they could play this week if it had to happen. Right. Is this guy anywhere near what is it? So he's going to have to hit a cardio. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of drills that are strictly just to see if he's because you got to remember, just like the combine, the forty is it to see your speed? Yes, one hundred percent. But it's also your quick twitch, your get off. They measure your first ten three cone drill. How how quick can he flip his hips? How much can he get around? All these drills have other things and vertical jump. Yes, that's great. But how explosive is this guy? That's all it is. They're looking at their hips. Whenever they do the backpedal turn thing, they're like, all right, how stiff is this guy? All those tests might have. One outcome for the most media people, but all the scouts and people are looking at it for a deeper thing. They're like, oh, he's tightening his hips, probably not going to be able to do this. Oh, that guy runs straight up. Does that mean his hammies are tight or his back is tight? Is that like there are people diving into all the film? That's going to happen for this Kaepernick workout. They're going to have him do one thing, say, oh, well, this is happening. Or have him do another thing, oh, this is happening. And I think a big part of it is going to be cardio. Even deeper than that, do you think they're going to look at the human element of it all, too, with him, like his body language, the way he responds to what they're asking him to do? If he turns down and, now I'm not doing that, like, do you think that's going to play a factor? Well, he's, he's a quarterback, right? Quarterbacks have a certain swag about them to begin with, right? I mean, that's just what quarterbacks have. He's a, su- a guy who's taking a team to a Super Bowl. He's had success in the NFL. Now he's a big-time person. The humility will be something, I think, that will be looked for. But I'll be excited to see if any NFL quarterback who's had the success that he's had, had the rise that he has, how they would react in that situation. I don't know. How would I react in a situation if I was going back to work out right now? And I've done far less in, in the world than Colin Kaepernick. If I have some slappy telling me to do this, do that, No. Why don't you go push? Why don't you go push some paper, Bowie? <laughs> Just let me kick the ball here. So it would be hard because it's a full. This is a, an interview. This is an interview. So every answer you give is important. The way you treat the secretary at the beginning is important. The way you carry yourself, the way you do everything is important. And I assume at some point all these tapes are going to come out. So I know there's like a rare situation, but uh, like who runs this uh, workout? Uh, it depends on so like, what, do like the G, like the uh, people who is like uh, run the the practice or whatever. No, it's just like pro days. So there'll be coaches from different teams that normally like a D line coach from uh, let's say the Bengals will run or like the special teams coach from the Bengals runs the kicking workout at the combine. I wasn't invited, but from what I've uh, watched, unbelievable. By the way, <laughs> unbelievable that I wasn't invited. <laughs> I watched that. Done good. Yeah, both positions. I would have been, but. You're up for an award in college football. I played in the Senior Bowl. I think I was the only player in the entire Senior Bowl that didn't get invited to the combine the year I was there. Interesting. It's just my life. Hey, bon that makes us tougher. Uh, that makes us be able to do a show from the back of a box truck in the middle of the Hill District in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Grit. Perseverance. Anyways, the special teams coach from the Bengals runs the kicking side, and all the other coaches kind of watch. It's like an agreed-upon thing. So, like, I assume a scout from one team will run one exercise while everybody else watches, and then they'll flip and and do that. It's a gentleman's game out there during those workouts. It's pretty – it's actually pretty cool to watch. Uh, I hope Kaepernick does well, though. 
I hope he does well. I hope he gets back in the league. I hope he does good. And at the end of the year, they have to, somebody has to make a decision for him. That's what I hope happens. Um, I just there's this has become quite a hot topic in the world. Everybody's talking about it. You say it all the time. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Hey, so we'll see. Three years, he said he's been training for this. We're gonna find out. <laughs> It'd be hard when you're signing like hundred million dollar deals with Nike in the face of a commercial that wins an Emmy. And you're like changing the world. Like you're training, you're probably, eh, eh. All right, I broke a little sweat. I'm in a good spot. <laughs> They're going to find out on Saturday, dude. He's going to be a running. They're going to want him to puke, I bet. Everybody that doesn't like Colin Kaepernick wants him to fail abysmally on, on Saturday. And then on a complete flip side, they're like, hey, they're screwing over Colin. They're giving him no time to prepare. It's on a Saturday. That he's going to have to cancel some business plans. A lot of NFL teams are there. There, there's a lot of excuses. And then if he goes out and kills, by the way, the excuses are real. These are valid excuses. But there is a lot of excuses. If he goes out and kills it. Woo! This is going to be an interesting situation for the NFL. All right, if you can guess what we were laughing to right there. Thousand bucks. Just cash. <laughs> just thousand dollars on a Visa gift card. It's the holiday season. Get a thousand bucks. Hashtag what had happened was. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag what had happened was. Hashtag well, actually. Thousand dollars right now. Win it for the holiday season. We want you to. What just happened? All you have to do is give a a gist of it. Ooh. Support for the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home is so much more than a house. It's your own little slice of heaven. That's why when you find the perfect place for you and your family, getting a mortgage should not get in the way. Imagine how it feels to have an award-winning team by your side through every step of the mortgage process. Could you even fathom that, Nick? I can't fathom. Cannot. Well, it's awesome. And exactly what you get with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Their team of mortgage experts is obsessed with finding a better way, which means that their number one goal is to make the home buying process smoother for you. Quicken Loans has helped millions and millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership. And when you're ready to purchase the home of your dreams, they can help you too. Their team cares about getting you home. That's why J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination nine years in a row and highest in mortgage servicing six years in a row. Holy shit. That's a hot streak. When you work with them, you get more than just a loan. Because Rocket Mortgage is more than just a lender. Get started online at rocketmortgage.com slash McAfee. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rocket Mortgage. Buy Quicken Loans. Push button. Get mortgage. Rocketmortgage.com slash McAfee. Hashtag what had happened was hashtag well actually <laughs> went a thousand bucks. What had happened was Can you imagine? Let's say Colin Kaepernick's workout goes well. The Detroit Lions sign him Thanksgiving Day. We got Colin Kaepernick in the Honolulu Blue playing against the Chicago Bears. It, America's reaction. He got it would be 
A firestorm. Unbelievable. And by the way, Thanksgiving is when families come together and talk oh. about things that they hate oh, with oh each my, other. Oh. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> All you need is just one young to say to one old, it's about time Collins back in the NFL. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Get just, that Kaepernick off my TV. Yeah, I mean, that is Thanksgiving, by the way. That conversation happens, let alone if Colin Kaepernick is spending Thanksgiving with these families. Oh. <laughs> that is awesome. This is potentially an incredible situation. Now, he's going to have to do a lot for this to happen. Right. Granted, the Lions are going to want to sign him, have to sign him. There's a lot of steps here. He's also going to have to not puke and die in this workout on Saturday. He said he's been preparing for three years. We're going to find out. These workouts that teams do with free agents are not easy. I mean, they want to know if you can go right now. Game shapes different than training shape. Chris Johnson told us that a couple weeks ago. Melvin Gordon has said that. The people that sit out of training camp always have a struggle getting back in because game shape's a different thing. If you're Colin Kaepernick, you've been changing the world. You've been the face of a commercial that won a damn Emmy. You've made hundreds of millions of dollars. How hard have you been training knowing that you were potentially getting blackballed from the NFL? So how hard are you training thinking like, ah, I'm probably not going to get back in. i got to be in shape for like photos and stuff like that. How hard have you been training? If he has the drive to maintain game shape, by the way, for the last three years, knowing that there was little to no chance of him getting on a team, that says more about Colin Kaepernick to me than anything else. The ability and wherewithal to take a stand for something you believe in, knowing that it's going to cost you a job, that is awesome. Because if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. Bingo. Mm -hmm. He kneeled for something. Cost him a job, generated an incredible conversation, made a lot of better place, I think. I think the world is shaping in a better way because of it. It, it made a lot of people angry, though. He potentially disrespected military in a lot of people's eyes, even though he said he didn't want to. That PR spin went out of control, became a polarizing figure. And for me, that's awesome that he did that. But if he was able to maintain game shape for three years, knowing you're probably not getting on a team, that... That is next level. I, I And more power to him. I want to kick balls for the Bears, and my knees were like, nah, dog, we've been chilling for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> to be a quarterback, you got to run. you got to run, and especially with Colin Gabbard, they're going to run the hell out of him, yeah. let alone if his arm gets tired. What if they have him throw 120, 150 balls? Yeah. That's a lot of things on your arm if you haven't been doing it. Three years is a long time, especially when you're 30-plus. I mean, I, be, I turned 30, I got hemorrhoids immediately. I turned 30, got two-week hangovers. I turned 30 and things like that. Colin Kaepernick's now 30-plus. If he's still in game shape, that is something that everybody should be like, you know what? Yeah, this guy's a hard-ass worker, and he's going to be uh, good. And if he ends up, Miami, by the way, another good spot. I'm going to tell you one that could change the game and save the situation for everyone involved. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. You bring in Colin, you let him run scout team practice because Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback who's given you trouble and beating you this oh year. Oh, my God. You have him it's going to happen. You get him for a year. Uh, you put a couple packages in for him. He has a couple successful plays. Oh, he's a model citizen in practice. He becomes a free agent in the offseason. He's rejuvenated. He's rehabilitated by New England. He goes and signs with any team he wants. Chicago to. Bears. Bird dog. Lamar Jackson is a How do we... We put a running back in practice. Uh, we can That is exactly what he would do. They're going to see him in the playoffs, potentially. Oh, my God. And that is just, yet again, another example of New England outsmarting everybody. Just for a one-game situation that they know they're going to have to win. I wouldn't be surprised if this entire uh, workout is being put on by Belichick. 
The whole thing. Yeah, we don't want to bring them into New England and have them work out because they won't freak out. But if we make the league do it. Oh, my. That is 100% what it is. Congrats to Colin Kaepernick going to the New England Patriots, probably win the Super Bowl. Will they drug test him at this, like before? Or if he performs really well, will they drug test him after? Is that part of this workout, you think? So if he hasn't been, if he hasn't officially retired, he's been getting drug tested. So he probably already got his annual drug test. If you're a free agent, you still fall into the annual drug test, which is between April 20th, 420, and the first end of the first week of training camp. I think they test everybody, no matter where you're at. So, with that being said, he's had to report his location to the NFL for the last three years. Or did they treat him like a retired player and they didn't test him at all? If that's the case, as soon as he gets reinstated after the workout, he gets tested right away. He gets tested immediately. For me, whenever I was thinking about going back, I could have worked out without being tested, but whenever they would have went to sign me, I would have been tested that day. Steroids, marijuana, mm-hmm. in my particular case, <laughs> took a little bit to get out. Hey, can you come work out for us? Uh, uh, but uh, would you guys sign me like the next day? You're like, yeah, let's go. we should wait about 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun week. Thanks to everybody that stopped by. Thanks to everybody that listened. We hope you enjoyed our conversations about shit that's happening in the world that we live in. Sports. Mason Rudolph apparently is okay from what we've been told. And we got a big one today live from 10 to noon if you want to listen. Coach Matt Rule of the undefeated Baylor Bears that will be host of College Game Day this weekend is joining us. Also joining us is... Brandon Marshall, linebacker. Linebacker Brandon Marshall, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about helmets being swung and the craziest thing that they've ever seen in a practice. Walk him up. Mike Florio just screamed in the background through Nick Moraldo's voice. That is crazy, though, man. Lock him up. Throw pull, away the key. I mean, he didn't pull out a gun. You know? Mark Madden's take there is, I mean, it is crazy because in football it is a combative sport. But just like in USC, like, they fight, but then there's rules. If somebody was to do this in USC or, or UFC, USC, UFC, it's tired, it's late. Everybody would be like, this is insane. Same thing in football. It's like, come on, man. This is not what you do. You can't bring a baseball bat into the octagon and use it on a guy. <laughs> but Mason started it. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. Best weekend of your life. Ty Schmidt, play the independent music.